From the Relationship Center, I'm psychotherapist, couples counselor, and dating coach Jessica Engel. And this is I Love You Too, a show about how to create and sustain meaningful relationships. I'm dating and relationship coach Josh Van Vliet. On today's episode, Online Dating 102, How to Craft a Great Profile. We're so happy you're here. And please remember that this show is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Welcome, dear listener, to the second episode in our online dating series. In today's episode, we're going to be diving deep into crafting a great profile, including what to write, how to write it, online dating photos, what to choose, how to take some great online dating photos, uh, getting into all the, the nitty gritty here. And if you missed part one of this series, you may want to go back and check out last month's episode for Online Dating 101. Uh, where we went into a lot of detail around how to choose which apps to use, foundational tips for boosting matches, and a lot of other uh, kind of basic details for getting into online dating. So check that out if you missed it and you want some of that ground level to get you started. Fabulous. Before we get started, if you love our show, dear listener, will you please leave us a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts? By doing so, you'll help us help more sweet humans like you. So thank you in advance. Okay. Shall we dive in? Let's do it. So today we're going to start with with what to write. Yes, huge question. Huge question. What do I write in my online dating profile? Yes, we're going to go into what to write. We're also going to go into how to write it, which is just as important as the content. But first, I want to just introduce what I call the you, me, we concept. So when you're writing your profile, I want you to keep in mind all good writing has an audience That's very clear. And so you're going to want to, your audience, of course, is your ideal partner. You're going to write this profile so you're speaking directly to your future partner. Okay. And as you're doing that, it's great to touch somewhere on you, as in you're describing your ideal partner. Okay. Me, you're describing yourself. And we, you're describing your ideal relationship. Okay. So let's go through those one by one. Let me give an example of, say, a description of your ideal mate, okay? So it might be something like you, colon, pet every dog you come across, laugh loudly and often, especially at yourself, and want to visit every state park in the U.S. with your future raucous clan consisting of approximately one husband, three kids, and two rescue pups. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And so that one actually kind of contains a little bit of a ideal relationship vision as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The, the first part of that, as you'll see, it's really naming like, hey, you're somebody who loves dogs. You're somebody who wants to go on adventures with, with a family, all of that. Okay, so you're kind of helping the reader determine whether they're even that person. Beautiful. We do have a partner guide that can help you clarify what your ideal partner would be like. So do see our What to Look for in Long-Term Partner episode and the guide that we have to, to uh, clarify all of that. I just love this. It reminds me a little bit of like classifieds right. in the newspapers back in the in the old, old days. Yes. <laughs> like yes. you, girl in coffee shop, right. seen across the room, <laughs> our eyes met for a moment. You glanced away. I think you liked me. <laughs> me sitting with my bowler hat on and whatever. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, it, but it's so brilliant because... I think one of the traps people can fall into when they're writing a profile is trying to write for everybody. Yes. And when you're writing for everybody, you're not speaking to anyone in particular. 
And so the way that you're, you're pointing to, how do we speak to who you actually want to be reaching, your ideal partner? Because that's going to be a much clearer signal that they're going to be like, oh, this person is speaking to me. It's going to land differently than the kind of generic profile. It's like, eh, I mean, maybe they're nice. Who knows? Yes, you got it. Yeah, the thing that I think we see often is that people really take an online dating profile as like a, I don't know, like a, a college personal essay, mm. right? It's like, it's all mm. focused on them, mm-hmm. which is understandable, right? It's a profile about you, right? but really it's a profile about your future relationship in addition to you and your partner. Yeah. So absolutely. really making sure you're, you're touching on all of those. So let's talk about the me part. Okay. So when, when I refer to me, I'm talking about, you're describing yourself. And so let me give you an example, maybe in that same uh, profile under the you description, you say me colon dad jokes for days, good at cleaning up my messes promptly and wildly attracted to women who feel deeply. Mm-hmm. Okay. So part of what I'm wanting to point out in that example is you can self-disclose pretty quickly. Yeah. Right. You can, you can really name, um, parts of yourself that you wouldn't necessarily bring up in, say, small talk at a party, okay? And the reason that is so powerful is you're trying to build a deep heart-to-heart connection from the start, okay? And, you know, the person who's reading your profile has read so many (laughs) profiles. And there is, I think, this kind of like online dating burnout that can happen where it just feels like, another number, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe a bot wrote this one, Mm -hmm. right? So really allowing them to connect with your humanity, I think is key when you're describing yourself. The other piece that I want to name that's connected to this example is like, you're going beyond sort of the tacos and beer phenomenon, which we talk Mm -hmm. about a lot on the show. Like, yes, if you like tacos and beer, great. And that doesn't really speak to your values, your emotions, your dreams, your quirks, right? It kind of keeps us again on that surface level. And then the other piece in here I want to name is uh, something we talked about in the last episode, which is be the youest you you can be, mm-hmm. right? So in here, this person's a very specific person, Yeah. right? Uh, they love women who feel deeply. That that really stuck out to me too. Yeah, yeah. It's like that is a beautiful uh, and very evocative thing. It's mm-hmm. like that. I I instantly already have a sense of who this person is looking for and who they are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and notice how differently that lands than I don't know. Loves to live fully. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> You know, yeah, it, it doesn't have much. Uh, it, it's it's so generic, right? And it's like, well, well, yeah, like all of us want to live fully. I mean, maybe not everyone's gonna say that, but like, it it doesn't it doesn't give much specificity. Mm-hmm. That's like what's different about you than right. the next person, right? Absolutely, yeah. So allow yourself to stand out, okay? In in the sea of so many profiles. And one way you can determine what might make you stand out is to really um, think about what what makes you you and ask your friends even, mm-hmm. like, what makes me unlike other people? Or like if you were to like identify one trait about me or one story that like captures me, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And get a sense of like, what are the things that, yeah, again, just make you you. I think that's brilliant. Cause it's so, I know, I think, 
I had this pro- problem when I was writing my own online dating profile and uh, I know a lot of people struggle with this to write about yourself or yes. to kind of even see what is it about me that is different uh, or special or unique from other people. And so I did the exact same thing when I was uh, writing my profile. I was like brought in friends to help me figure out like, well, how do I get at who I am and what's important to share about who I am. Yes. That's something that stood out to me about your profile is that there were very specific references to how you, how you be in the Mm. world, right. And to your values. Mm -hmm. And that was where I was able to really see, Oh, we have shared values. Um, yeah. And I similarly, I went through the deeper dating process, a great book by Ken Page, highly recommend. And he has a process in there where he actually has you reach out to your friends and ask them what your core gifts are. Mm -hmm. And so in my profile, I highlighted some of my core gifts. It takes courage, I think, to be willing to name some of your core gifts. It's a little bit vulnerable to say, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm good at this. This is something that I bring to the party that maybe not other people do. So I just want to I just wanted to like acknowledge that for folks who are listening like that is a courageous thing to do and it may feel a little uncomfortable as you're looking at that you may even worry like do what do I have to contribute um, right. which is part of where asking people who love you can be helpful but just the name like that is a is a bold thing to do and while it may feel uncomfortable it will also set you apart from other people and will help your ideal partner find you more quickly and clearly. Yes. I I love that point. And yeah, I think of it as like a good online dating profile probably is going to feel a tiny bit scary, Mm -hmm. right? Because you name things that you may not name outside of an intimate context. Mm -hmm. Certainly don't want you to go beyond your window of tolerance with that, right? You don't need to trauma dump or just sort of share things that you're not ready to share. Um, and yeah, just notice, like, do I, do I feel a little, uh, kind of scared, excited about Mm. some of what I'm sharing? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. And so we, when you're touching on describing your ideal relationship, um, let me give you an example of this. It might be something like we are best friends who can't keep their hands off one another, passionate couples therapy goers, yay growth co-creative all day, every day, and never hesitate to put one another first. Mm. So you're really painting the picture of the kind of partnership that you want to build. Mm -hmm. And this one just feels so important to me and something most people miss in their profiles. Yes. And I think it's just so key, both in terms of helping the, your ideal partner, your future partner, the reader, imagine themselves in a relationship with you, Mm -hmm. right? Locate themselves which is going to help with filtering, right? And I think it's also just so powerful in general to have a stance on what kind of relationship you want to build, Mm -hmm. right? Especially in the world of online dating, there's so much sort of situationship and lack of clarity. Um, We do have some great research that shows that 70%, up to 80% for younger generations of singles are looking for something that lasts, Mm -hmm. And so if you're willing to say that, right, and really describe what that relationship is, um, that can be very, very attractive. Yeah. I love the way you put it, taking a stand for the kind of relationship that you want. You know, yeah, for some people that won't be their thing and that's good. Those people aren't the right fit for you. And for others, it'll be like, oh, 
Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want that. Right. All right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, um, I don't know if this metaphor really works if I've shared it on here yet, but I talk about it sometimes as like clarifying your bat signal. Um, say more about that. <laughs> <laughs> as in like, okay, we've got the bat signal versus like just a standard, uh, what are those lights? Searchlight? Searchlight. Okay. Okay. The bat signal is a very specific signal, mm. right? Mm. It calls in Batman. One specific person. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so um, we, you know, I think one of the like generic profiles that doesn't say anything about the kind of relationship you want to be in is more like just the searchlight. Mm. It's going to like attract a lot of attention, but mm-hmm. it's not necessarily going to attract your person very quickly. Batman's not going to show up for right. the searchlight. Right. <laughs> and you want Batman. That's so. right. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I got it. It's perfect. <laughs> no, that's great. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I, I do think uh, at some point I came across some research. I wasn't able to locate it, but I think Hinge at some points came out with some data that said people who are willing to say they are looking for a long-term relationship actually get more engagement. Mm, interesting. Which I think goes against a lot of the like, uh, I'm hoping dating advice that's becoming more outdated, Mm -hmm. crossing fingers, Mm -hmm. which is essentially like play it cool, pretend you don't care as much. It's essentially trying to teach people who really do care to pretend they're avoidantly attached, Mm -hmm. which doesn't end up well. No. Yeah. No. So I gave you an example of kind of like you're describing your ideal relationship. The other way you can kind of touch on this is uh, or kind of getting into what this is for you is to describe your ideal day or date with Mm. your partner. Mm -hmm. And let's touch a little bit on, before we dive into like how to write, let's talk about like sharing hobbies, careers, favorite TV shows, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Because I'm a I'm imagining you, dear listener, may be wondering, like, should I be sh- shouldn't I be sharing my hobbies and like the things I like to do? So make sure we have common interests. In our what to look for in a long term partner episode, we mentioned that the research actually doesn't support the idea that uh, you need to share common interests in order to have a, a successful long term relationship. Mm-hmm. So it may not be as important as you think. Yep. That said. I do think it's important to name that if you're a neurodivergent, so let's say you have ADHD or maybe you're autistic, maybe highly sensitive, you may have what's called an interest-driven nervous system, mm. okay, where you just naturally prioritize those things that you're most interested in. Mm-hmm. If you are wired that way, it may actually be really important that you find a partner who can join you in the things you're really interested in, okay, because that's going to allow you to stay really engaged with them. Mm-hmm. So for some people, it may, it may be really important to name your special interests, okay? For autistics, for example, the, there tends to be a, a, something called info dumping. Uh, when two autistics are together, they tend to share about their special interests in depth, and that's a way of bonding, mm-hmm. okay? So if that's something you're really excited to do with your partner, yes, name your special interests, absolutely. I love that that nuance to to bring into the research because I imagine that research is not necessarily looking at uh, neurodivergent folks as much, or it's hard to say how you know in what way they were included or not in that research. Right. But that's such an important nuance, right? Because 
our brains don't all work the same. Mm -hmm. And so there may be different things that work better for, for different folks. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm even an example of this. I'm, I'm a highly sensitive person, so not autistic or ADHD, but I, I get like pretty like hyper-focused on my interests. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't really work for me to have a partner who doesn't want to talk to me about people relationships. and relationships and intimacy <laughs> and emotions, you know, yeah. as evidenced by the fact that I literally have a podcast <laughs> with my husband where I can talk. <laughs> I can info dump at him uh, and vice versa. So, you know, if, if that's what you need, that's what you need. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's been a beautiful thing in our relationship. It's, mm -hmm. it's certainly a, a joy to get to share that. Um, and it's interesting because I think it, in some ways it is certainly a, a deep interest for both of us. I think, I think there's some way, and I don't know if this is just about different words for it, but there's some way I think it occurs for me as a little bit of like a value for both of us. Yeah. But maybe that's just a, another way of saying like a thing that we're really, really interested in. Sure. Well, I mean, that's interesting. Uh, I think yeah. we could potentially go on a rabbit hole down like anyway. our special interests right. actually values. Right. Yeah, right. that's fascinating. Yeah. But anyway. Yes. We'll pull, pull back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So one more thing before we talk about how to write. If you're still like, but what do I write? There's a lot of prompts on the sites and apps. Mm -hmm. And my recommendation is open up a, a Google Doc, get out a piece of paper, and answer multiple prompts. Okay, just answer a bunch of them. This is kind of like a principle in improv where if you keep um, going with a particular exercise, you get beyond your usual thinking and you mm -hmm. break through to a new level of creative thinking and expression. Yes. Okay, so just keep writing. Okay, and then get some space from it. Don't look at it for a minute and come back and see what sticks out to you or run it by a friend or maybe your dating coach or therapist to get their feedback about it. Okay. The other thing to keep in mind is you don't actually have to answer some of the prompts like literally, right? So for example, in the about me section, you might have you, me, and we, right? You describe your partner, yourself, and the relationship. That's not, you know, super literal to about me, is it? But it's a totally fine way to use the space in your profile. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I just, what you just said there is gold. Uh, I just want to like reiterate that piece taking it out of the app into a place where you can just write and write and write and write without filtering yourself. Because it's as soon as that aspect of the brain um, that kind of brings in worry, doubt, uh, the editor comes in, you're going to get jammed up. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to get as creative. Your best ideas are not going to come out. And if you're trying to write it in the app, it's just, it's no good. Uh, so I love what you just named about. Take it out of the app. Let it just let it all fly. No bad ideas. Just write without editing, without censoring at all. And then come back later to edit or to choose what's useful from there, what you want to what you want to use. Absolutely. That is so good. And if you do have some writer's block stuff, I know some people because of school traumas and whatnot, it's very hard for them to sit down and write. Mm -hmm. If that's you, you can also try recording your answers. Uh, and there's lots of a great software that can convert your uh, audio recordings into transcripts or you can just listen back and write things down. One of the things that I have done at times is uh, talk to a friend. Mm -hmm. If it if it's feeling hard for me, I sit it down, try to write and it's like, ah, just, 
something about having somebody who's just asking me questions, who's just, you know, there as a listening ear. They're not trying to tell me what to say or give me advice, but they're just there to listen. That has been so useful for me to just kind of get out of my head and be able to get into my heart and what I really want to share. Absolutely. Yeah, we often do that in our sessions with clients, right? Mm -hmm. We have them talk to us and then we kind of like interview them a little bit. What about that? What did you mean more about that? It's such a useful, effective way of getting some words down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, beautiful. So let's talk next about how to write, like what tone, what, how to be compelling in your writing. Okay, okay perfect. So we've got, just to, to uh, recap for a second, we've mm-hmm. got talking about you, who you're looking for, mm-hmm. me, who am I, mm-hmm. we, who are we together. Mm-hmm. I might be sharing about a day in the life or an ideal date mm-hmm. uh, to help kind of evoke uh, what it would be like to be together. Great. And yeah, also touching on values, dreams, feelings, right? Going beyond just the surface level. Perfect. Okay. In terms of how to write, one thing I uh, you may remember from uh, middle school, high school writing class, start with a hook. Mm-hmm. Okay. See so if you can start with something that allows you to stand out a little bit. So instead of saying something like adventure lover, looking for a partner in crime who loves to laugh, let's get real specific okay and and say something maybe you say something like um dog dad available for adoption immediately cheerful snuggly and clean loves listening and giving high quality hugs when you're having a bad day (laughs) adorable (laughs) i love the addition of clean in there (laughs) which works so well because it's combined with dog dad totally uh it's like i'm a dog dad but i'm also clean (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Um, yes. So another way to uh, write in a compelling way is to use imagery. Mm-hmm. Okay. So appealing to the five senses. Okay. Instead of saying something like, I love hiking and hope you do too. You might try something like looking for my forever hiking buddy. My perfect date would include a leisurely stroll through the greens and golds of Tilden then splitting a cold beer at inspiration point as we watch the sunset. Mm. You've really painted a picture the person can see and kind of taste and feel. Mm -hmm. Or you might say, instead of uh, seeking an adventure buddy, you might say, seeking an adventure buddy to get white mochas and walk through the San Francisco flower market on a sunny Saturday morning. My favorites are always the dahlias, preferably pink, and roses, preferably fragrant, but really any colorful blossoms make me smile. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So you've, you've really got a very clear picture of who that human is. Another thing uh, that you may have picked up already from some of these examples, you really want to be balancing general or abstract language with specific concrete language. So this connects to the writing principle show, don't tell. Okay, so if you say that you're a foodie, follow it up with an example, okay? Because mm. foodie could mean a, a lot of things. That's a concept, right? I was just thinking about that, about the word adventurous, the way yes. that you just illustrated it so differently, so clearly, yeah. right? Because you might be adventurous in the hiking, outdoorsy sense or adventurous in the like, we're exploring this beautiful neighborhood yeah. sense. Very different things, both adventurous, 
but a very different kind of experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Different flavors. Different flavors. Right? You want to tell them which flavor you are. Yeah. Yeah. So on the foodie example, you might say something like foodie forever and always take me to your favorite farmer's market to sample the stone fruit. And I'll glad you, gladly treat you to ramen at my favorite hole in the wall Japanese spot. Mm-hmm. So there's no ambiguity in there about like, what, what would that day look like together? Yeah, yeah right? absolutely. Um, one piece, which may be obvious, but I think isn't to everyone is really make sure you're avoiding spelling and grammar mistakes. Mm, this one, yes. it's like very much, you really get a ding from a lot of people if you got spelling and grammar mistakes and more so than you might imagine. Yeah. And if, if you're the kind of person who do you just don't register those things when you're writing, have a friend look at it because mm-hmm. you don't have to be great at spelling and grammar to meet your partner, but it's helpful to have a friend who can yes. do that editing for you. Or even something like Grammarly. Or Grammarly. Yeah. There's right. like a great, a, a number of great solutions out there for that. You could give it to ChatGPT and ask it for editing suggestions. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say about ChatGPT, because I think that's becoming more and more a tool people are using for their profiles, is if you're using it, I want you to go back over it and give it your flavor. Mm-hmm. Because people are already suffering from profiles that are generic and feel bot generated. Yeah. They do not want more of that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure it still sounds like you and yeah. it has like specifics to it. Okay, let's talk about tone for your profile. Okay, so a few things to keep in mind about the tone of your profile. We're going to aim for positive, warm, authentic, and witty. Mm. Okay, let's talk about each of those. So positive. You may have already come across a profile that is very negative, and you could probably feel it pretty quickly. People really um, can pick up on cynicism and bitterness pretty quickly with online dating profiles, okay? So really attempt to speak positively. You don't need to be, uh, you know, toxically positive. But, you know, in particular, try, if you have deal breakers, speak about them in a positive light, okay? So let me give you an example of that. Instead of saying something like, swipe left if you're looking for a situationship, have no friends, or have never been to therapy. Oof. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Try uh, swipe right if you're looking for your forever plus one and feel comfortable going at a slow yet steady pace because you've got amazing friends and a kick-ass therapist. Mm. Oh, so much better. Isn't that a different energy? Yeah. 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 The other piece I'll say here is if you reference your own flaws, I've noticed there are some people who they almost want to like front load the disclosure of flaws at Mm -hmm. the very, very start. Right. And so they'll say, I'm, you know, I'm a little selfish and I'm often working really hard and I'm, I don't know, a little socially awkward. Mm-hmm. If you can hang with that, swipe right, mm-hmm. right? It's like in some ways we, want, we do want to be really authentic and name the places where, you know, there may be something somebody wants to know about. And like front-loading all of that is it's not actually organic in terms of like that's not what you do in the real world when you build relationships, right? It's not like you meet someone you're like, hello, 
My name's Jessica. I'm a little selfish and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will probably work too much and ignore you during uh -huh. our relationship. That's and right. I may be a little socially awkward when I meet your friends. That's right. Would you like to still uh, interact with me? <laughs> no. And, and there's a lot of reasons why we do that. But, you know, you're not just your flaws. You're a whole human. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you don't need to um, list every flaw you have at the very start. So that is remaining positive. In terms of a warm tone, I think that one's probably a little pretty self-evident. The idea there is you want to start building that really secure functioning relationship from go. So you want to, in your profile, have the same tone that you're hopefully holding in your relationship, which is care, right? Care, tenderness, playfulness, whatever it is for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, see if you can let that seep into your words. Authentic. This one's really big. So remember to stand out. You, we want you to be the youest you you can be, and don't misrepresent yourself. Mm, this is one of the yeah. number one complaints people have in online dating, and and I think it's the maybe the number one reason people cite for not going on a second date is feeling like somebody did not meet expectations. Mm. And the, the expectations being those they set with their profile or pictures. Yes. So make sure your profile really reflects who you are. Okay. And we've kind of already been touching on, you, you really don't want to present a watered down version of yourself. That can feel safer. It can feel like, oh, maybe I'll get more matches. We talked about in the last episode, more matches isn't necessarily what you want, mm -hmm. right? You want the right matches. Yep. Um, so, you know, be authentic that will reduce potentially the number of matches, but increase the quality of them. And let's talk wit. 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 Humor. This, this, I feel like, is so, it stands out so much when somebody uses humor in their profile because so many people don't. Yes. This it's, was something you really, you looked for this specifically. I did. I yeah. did. It was like in a sea of people taking themselves too seriously <laughs> were like a few people who, who found some way to be like, yeah, I'm a playful human. Right. Yeah. I don't take my, you know, I'm, I'm here to laugh. I'm also here, you know, looking for something serious. And at the same time, isn't this great? Yeah. Well, and it's funny because sense of humor is typically towards the top of most people's list of yeah. traits that they're looking for. Yeah. Like, and I think there's been cross-cultural studies where that's shown over and over again. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Um, and I, I also get it. It's hard to be funny. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one thing to make a joke with somebody in person where you can see right. their reaction and you're kind of, you know them a little bit. You're calibrating your, what your, your, your joke to who they are. Right. Uh, it's another thing to try to make a joke when it's like, don't know how it's going to land. Yep. It's hard to tell, you know. Totally. But so yeah, I agree with you. I get it. It's uh, It can be a tricky thing to try to find the right balance of what for one person feels playful and silly and for another person feels like, you know, mean or something. Yeah. Or, well, yeah. and let's talk about that. That connects directly to what I wanted to bring up, which is research exploring the link between attachment styles and humor styles suggests that most people prefer what's called positive humor which brings them closer to others and improves relationships. But insecurely attached individuals, so avoidantly attached or anxiously attached people, 
they tend to be more attracted to negative humor styles, mm-hmm. um, less attracted to positive humor styles. So in other words, insecure attachment is associated with a greater attraction to humor styles that can harm relationships mm-hmm. and less attraction to humor styles that promote strong relationships. Mm-hmm. So put more simply, the kind of humor you use matters. It signals something to the other person and it also can build or break down your relationships. So the, the kinds of humor to aim for are what are called affiliative humor and self en- self-enhancing humor. So affiliative humor is positive, it's directed towards others, and it's things like jokes or funny stories that bring people together without making anyone feel uncomfortable. So like sharing a lighthearted, relatable story. Um, so uh, example for this, not to brag, but you're looking at the 1993 Bancroft Elementary Readathon champion. So if you need someone to read you to sleep at night, I'm your guy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's great! It's like so sweet and like silly. It's like uh, I'm bragging about this thing that uh, makes no difference whatsoever, and yet at the same time paints a picture of a very sweet, intimate moment to share that you might share with a partner. Right. And it's kind of like a you're lifting yourself up, but it's not at anyone else's expense, really. Yeah. And it's also in terms of like being relatable. Most people have gone through school and they've been in a readathon or something like that. Right. So that's an example of affiliative humor. Self-enhancing humor is positive and directed toward oneself and helps regulate emotions. So this is, for example, making light of a challenging situation you're facing and focusing on the positive aspects or finding humor in it laughing at your own quirks and imperfections in a self-affirming way. Mm. So something like, um, and you can tell me how, uh, if you like this. When I was writing it, I was like, is this good? (laughs) I can't tell. Um, Okay, real talk. I procrastinate on my taxes every year, but I make up for it by throwing an epic pizza party every April 14th. Be my cram buddy. The only other dude there will be TurboTax and he doesn't eat much. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's so silly. I like it. I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I hope, dear listener, you are taking this, uh, me sharing this and not really knowing how it is, as permission to create things that may be stupid <laughs> yeah. and run them by people yeah. and see, like, does this make any sense? Is this actually endearing? Yeah. Right? And it's like, For me, it's endearing. For someone else, it might be like, no, not really their cup of tea. Right. And I love that you took the risk of, I'm going to share this thing and I don't know how it's going to land. And that's like just like what folks are doing when they're writing their profiles is, I don't know how it's going to land. Totally. uh, But I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a swing and, you know, I'm going to put it out there. Yeah. Let yourself, you know, we can't, I wish there was a good phrase for this. Like, uh, we have to be allowed to make mistakes in order to create beautiful things. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. So that was affiliative humor and self-enhancing humor. What we want you to try to avoid is aggressive humor. So that's like negative directed towards others, things like making fun of someone in a hurtful or demeaning way, making personal insults, mocking someone's appearance, or using sarcasm that belittles or humiliates someone, even if it's not meant to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Okay, so an example of this might be, I'm secretly convinced that I have a magnetic field that attracts the slowest drivers on the road. If you can handle a bit of road rage from time to time, we'll get along just fine. Mm. 
<laughs> a lot of people are like, sway, right? Left. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Right. So try to avoid the aggressive humor and the self-defeating humor. So this is when you downplay your abilities or accomplishments to make others laugh, even when you've done something really well. So for example, saying, I aced the test, but only because the questions were so easy a toddler can answer them. Okay. Mm -hmm. This also could be exaggerating your own flaws or clumsiness to get a laugh. So I'm a certified expert in finding the one thing on the menus that uh, one thing on the menu that's unavailable. If we go out, you'll have the honor of witnessing it firsthand. <laughs> yeah, it, does, it has this like kind of like womp womp kind of feel. Yeah. yeah. So you don't need to put yourself down in order to make yourself appealing, mm -hmm. um, or or anyone else for that matter. Yeah. Yeah, it, it strikes me there's like a fine line between the kind of like gently poking fun at your quirks, like the tax example, mm -hmm. and and the kind of self-deprecating, putting yourself down. Right. And, you know, I, I know there have been times in my life where I've struggled to find that line where yeah. I, I will make a joke and it's like, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, that was actually just kind of crapping on myself a little bit. Right. Uh, in a way that wasn't very funny versus the moments when I'm like, more centered in myself and more like in that truly playful space where I'm I'm playing and it's like I, I wish I had a good example right now but it, you know it just feels it feels lighter it feels more like yeah. we're playing together because there's no there's no sense I'm actually um diminishing myself it's more like huh, I'm silly I'm a weird human right isn't that great yes um rather than like oh I'm a weird human isn't that awful Totally. I think that's the key is the tone of it. Is it like, yeah, I'm weird and I'm still like wonderful. Yeah. Right. And I think that was the thing about the, the procrastinating on the taxes example. It's like kind of like teasing oneself for procrastinating, but then it's like, and here's what I do to mm -hmm. like counter that. And it's like charming and sweet mm -hmm. and it allows us to be connected if you want to be my cram buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what I got on profiles. I love it. I love it. And so in terms of uh, just kind of summarizing, because that was so much good stuff right there, uh, in terms of how to write, start with a hook, uh, use imagery, appeal to the five senses, help them experience what you're talking about, show, don't tell, and give examples of what you're talking about. And then uh, and then all the, the t sweet tone pieces we're talking about, positive, warm, authentic, and bringing a little bit of that humor. You got it. Perfect. Okay. Well, the next natural question is once you know what to say in your profile is what pictures do I use? Yes. So let's get into that a little bit here. I'm going to give you a simple list just to get you started, okay? Here's your simple list of what pictures to include in your profile. Number one, a headshot with a warm smile. This is where you should start. Should be nice close up so people can see your face easily. They can see the warmth. It should be a natural smile. That's the place to start. Second, waist up, a little bit wider shot. At least one third, at least one full body uh, picture so they can see who you are. And then a fourth one, one doing something that you love. If that's all you did, great. It's a great place to start. And uh, then within those photos, within those four different photos, ideally include at least two different outfits. And, and one of those should be how you might look on a date. Uh, so if you get dressed up real fancy on a date, 
show off those fancy clothes you wear. If you're a little more casual on a date, great, show that too. But just however you would be on a date. Now, let's go a little deeper here. You've got your those four things. Within that, you might consider including a black and white photo. Uh, some of the research from Hinge from Logan Yuri's book is that uh, black and white photos see 106% boost in likes. In addition to maybe a black and white photo, aim for some, some candid photos. Those are also more likely to get a like, about 15% more likely to get a like, according to Logan Yuri's research. More likely to get a like than posed? Than posed. Got it. Yep. Things not to include. Group photos. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Why not? You don't want people to have to work to figure out who you are in the photo. If someone's confused, they're going to swipe left real quick. Yes. Okay. And no, you don't need to demonstrate that you have friends. Everyone has friends. They want to see who you are. That's They're dating you, not your friends. We do have a little bit of a, a, a fight about this on our team. We have some clinicians who are in the, you can have one group photo camp, but you have to make sure they know who you are. It's got to be real clear. Yeah, yeah no confusion. Uh, okay, good. Also, don't include selfies, especially bathroom mirror selfies. Just don't. Uh, and there's research for this, according to Logan Urie's research. Those decrease the chance of getting a like by 90%. Mm-hmm. So listen up. Show that you have a friend who can take a good picture of you. <laughs> What else not to include? Filters, sunglasses, really big hats, anything else that makes it hard to tell who you are. And then finally, pictures with someone who could be confused for your partner or your child if you don't have a child. Yes. I would also add, if you've got children in your life, like nieces and nephews, and you want to share a photo with them, make sure you check with their parents. That's a great point. And also make sure you let the reader know they're not your children. Or if they are your children, let them know that. Good. Okay. I also want to talk about just briefly what makes a good online dating photo. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've talked about some of the things not to include, not to do. What makes a good online dating photo? Uh, some open body language, right? Uh, we just kind of naturally we respond better to that. If you're kind of crossed arms, you're kind of hunched down, your chest is closed, it doesn't give the experience of this person is open, excited to meet you, warm, available, right? Um, also, natural smile. Uh, and I know this is can be hard for some of us. Some of us struggle taking photos where we look natural. And if that's you, hang on a second. I'm going to give you some tips for what to do about that. But look for the photos. Choose the photos where you are smiling authentically. We connect to that. That is just like hardwired uh, into the way that we process. So, and also include things that are current. Uh, this goes back to what you were saying earlier, Jess, about representing yourself accurately, right? Uh, don't include photos from 10 years ago. You don't want to show up on the date and have the person be like, wait, who? Mm-hmm. That is not a good way to start a relationship. And it is not going to get you a second or third date. And finally, high quality, right? Not blurry, not out of focus, not poorly cropped. Even if it's a great picture of you, if it's kind of blurry, it's not putting your best foot forward and it's going to make it hard to see who you are. So don't do it. Okay, now, how do you take good photos for an online dating profile? 
I'll give you a couple of quick tips here. We'll also link to a, a, an article on our blog that gives a little bit more information about how to take good photos. Uh, but number one, just in terms of when to shoot and how to get good light, shoot, you know, hour and a half, two hours before sunset. This is known as the golden hour where you get that really nice, warm, light, soft, lovely golden color. It just looks great. Everyone looks great in golden hour. And as I mentioned, if you struggle to get photos of yourself that look natural, bring a friend to your photo shoot. Whether you're doing a photo shoot with a friend who's just taking pictures of, of you for, or if you're doing a professional photo shoot, bring a friend, someone who is going to make you laugh, who you feel comfortable with, who is fine being a little silly. I have done this almost every time I have taken photo, professional photos especially uh, because if I don't, I will look stiff. I'll be like, I'll have a weird, unnatural mm -hmm. smile on my face because I'm trying real hard to do the right thing and it just doesn't look good. And if you have a friend who's just like behind the camera person, just kind of like clowning around, making goofy faces at you, you know, whatever you need, who's going to help you laugh and smile and be silly, that is golden. Last thing on photos, we often get the question, should I get professional photos for my dating profile? And the way I'll answer that is, number one, are you not getting quality matches or no, just not getting very many matches at all? If yes, this is something to consider. And can you afford it, right? It is, it's a real question. It's, it's a, a constraint for some folks. And if the answer to the, both of those questions is yes, I say go for it. Having high quality photos makes a huge difference. Even if it's just like a high quality headshot for that first image, something that really shows you in your best light. We frequently recommend getting some new professional photos to our clients. And if you can't afford it, you can still get some great photos from a friend with a phone camera or from a friend who has like a DSLR camera. That can also make a huge difference, even if they're not a professional photographer. And as I mentioned, we'll link to an article on the blog uh, for some more tips there. Anything that you would add about photos? I love all of that. Coming back to having a friend with you, just to name from an attachment perspective, what you're doing there is you're activating ideally sort of that secure attachment side of you, the part mm. of you that's warm and playful and connected. Mm -hmm. That's so much easier to do when we have someone with us, we feel safe. And that's exactly what you want to be showing your potential future partner. Yes. So I love that. If you don't have a friend with you, you can think about the things that you love, the things that, you know, think about your future partner, whatever it is that like brings a twinkle to your eye. We're really wanting you not just to like look attractive objectively, but to also like show your spirit, mm -hmm. right? Show like your vibe. Yeah. As the kids say. <laughs> <laughs> um and there are some really great photographers. We do refer to some photographers who are introverts themselves and know how to bring introverts out of their shell or um, the one <laughs> wonderful photographer we worked with for our team photos last time, Andrea Schur. She, I loved how she, anytime anyone would be taking photos, she'd be like, oh my God, you look like a supermodel. Like <laughs> you look amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just this like, this like, I don't know, 30 minute, just like gassing us up, yeah. making us feel like fabulous. Yeah. So just know a really good photographer who's a good fit for you can also do that. Yeah. And so, so you may want to interview, if you're talking to professional photographers, you may want to interview them about what do you do to help right. someone feel comfortable and relax? Yes. Uh, when doing, so you can Absolutely. look for that. Yeah. And make sure that you feel comfortable in that consultation. 
Mm. Yes. Yes. The other thing I'll say about a hack for looking um, relaxed and natural, you your face will probably set into certain expressions after a while. Mm -hmm. And so to get out of that, you can jump up and down and spin around. Mm. Okay. And that kind of like resets your body. I love that. Yeah. Adds a little bit of movement. I also like making weird faces in between yes. uh, shots. I find that helpful. Just like, <laughs> kind of like resets my facial muscles a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Well, then it adds that silliness, right? Mm-hmm. It allows you to yeah. be like, yeah, this is this is a playful thing we're doing. Yeah. yeah. And lastly, I'll just also add, I see a lot of people wanting to include pictures of them with like a beautiful mountain behind them or some great sort of background, but you can't see them. Mm, yeah. And I don't recommend these. Like the person is looking at your photos because they want to check you out. Mm -hmm. You can communicate to them that you've been to wherever, the Taj Mahal, in your first date. Like Mm -hmm. that that doesn't need to be communicated through that photo. Mm -hmm. So all of the space you have for photos, let them check you out. Yep. Perfect. Uh, Okay, good. Well, I've got a question for you. Right. uh, Which is how honest should you be on dating apps? Right. We have a lot of clients we work with who are late in life virgins or who haven't had a lot of relationships. And they're like, do I say that in my profile? When, when do I disclose that? Or things like being neurodivergent or having uh, mental health struggles. Do you put that into your profile? So this one, it's a great question, Josh. And I really like to highlight that this is going to be different person to person, mm-hmm. right? You're really going to need to weigh the pros and cons for yourself and determine what you're comfortable with. One thing I want to just affirm is that you get to unmask or come out in your own way and time. Mm -hmm. There is no requirement unless the disclosure of that information is important for keeping others safe or building a positive relationship with that person. Okay. So let me go over what I mean by that. One example is, let's say you're living with an STI. Mm -hmm. Okay. You don't need to share that on your profile. You can if you want to. And some people do. They, they choose to share that or they choose to join sites where other people are living with the same STI, okay? But you don't need to share that until your sexual relationship advances to the point where the other person's health could be impacted, right? Then you're going to want to share that information and make sure you obtain consent. Mm-hmm. Consent, is, consent is sexy, right? And then the other piece to hold in here is as you're determining, like, should I be sharing something? Think about how the other person might feel if they learned that piece of information further down the line. Mm. That's another good way to check it. Like if you were in their shoes and you learned a certain piece of information like six months in versus six weeks in, would there be a big difference for you? Right. In terms of deciding, really consider the pros and cons of sharing publicly the information that you're thinking about. Okay. So you probably want to consider within that safety concerns and also your level of anxiety or discomfort. Okay. So reasons you might opt to disclose some information is you're really eager to find someone who accepts you as you are from go. You might also just want to eliminate the stressor of deciding when to disclose. Uh, Or you have a history of dating people who reject you for that very thing, Mm. in which case it can be a really self-loving thing to name it up front and not go through that again. Mm -hmm. Now, reasons you might withhold some information, safety concerns, okay? You might also want to reduce the chances of being rejected out of hand 
as a result of incorrect assumptions or stereotypes. Okay, so for example, the term autistic tends to conjure up a very particular picture in people's minds, right? It's the like rain man kind of stereotype or the socially inept basement dwellers and you know, that is just not what autism is. Mm -hmm. So if, if you want to avoid just being rejected immediately and unfairly, you, you may choose not to share that right away. One other reason you might opt to withhold information is you just don't feel comfortable sharing it publicly. And you prefer to have a relationship before disclosing it. So I really encourage you to kind of look at the pros and cons, talk about it with someone you love, to really decide where the line is for you. There is no right or wrong. I love that answer. Yeah, and just two things I recommend not putting on your dating profile. These may be self-evident, but I will name them anyways. Personal information, like where you work or live. Mm, yep. And then hates, dislikes, negative humor, or deal breakers phrased very negatively. Mm -hmm. We've gone over some examples of that already. And the last one is nothing. So do <laughs> not have an empty profile. <laughs> Good. Mm -hmm. Yep. Josh, my next question for you. Yes. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. Should I use audio or video prompts in my profile? Well, that's an excellent question. In 2022, researchers at Hinge found that matching over a voice prompt was 80% more likely to lead to a date than matching over other prompts. 80%? 80% more likely. And in addition, Hinge research also found that 65% of Hinge daters wanted to hear the voice of someone they were potentially matching with. So I think there's some strong signals that it can be really beneficial. It can be a great way to connect, to get a sense of somebody really quickly, right? We, we get a sense of their warmth, their tone of voice, their personality so much more quickly through hearing them or seeing them moving in, you know, in real time than, uh, than just a static picture. That said, as some of you may be aware from the various poorly done prompts that you see on TikTok, if it's done badly, it can be really bad. And so you want to use it, you know, judiciously, I guess I would say. And if you're someone that you really, you really struggle to record something that really feels authentic to who you are, it gives you a lot of anxiety perhaps to try to record a video or a short voice thing for an online dating profile, don't worry about it. Just don't do it. it you know, it, it's not going to be make or break. Um, and if you want to give it a try, I would recommend a similar thing to what you recommended earlier. Uh, just let yourself kind of, you might have a friend come join you and just talk with them and record it as you're talking. You might just kind of walk around your house and just talk out loud while you're recording. Uh, let yourself do a bunch, you know, do a bunch of takes if you need to outside of the app before you put it into the app so that you're, you're not kind of editing as you go in real time. Uh, a couple of things I would also recommend you don't do here is uh, if you're going to use an audio or video prompt, don't use it for something that could have been answered in a text prompt, right? Like don't, don't answer where you want to travel with a single word, China, <laughs> right? It's like, why did you record that in, a, in an audio prompt? There's not really a reason for that. Um, let it be something that, you know, gives you a chance to share a little bit more about who you are, your dreams, your values, your emotions. And also, don't just record the first thing with a lot of gaps and long pauses and just 
put it up there. Mm. Uh, no one wants to listen to like 30 seconds of you fumbling around <laughs> your words. You know, you can re-record it. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows you can re-record it. So if you didn't bother, you're sending a pretty clear signal that you didn't really put much into this, which is not how you want to start off a relationship with someone that you're hoping to be a long-term partner with. Right. And what I'm hearing in that is one of the themes that's really uh, throughout everything we're saying, which is your intention around this profile, your pictures, all of it is going to come through. And that is going to be part of what builds a strong container for your relationship. The other person can feel that you are engaged. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I just, as you were saying that, it's like the principle that occurs to me is like, be with your online dating profile. Like you would be with the love of your life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With that level of care, kindness, uh, intention, thoughtfulness, just that is how you want to be because you are starting the relationship. That's you're starting the relationship there, uh, whether you know the person or not yet. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I, I think you can, you know, as you said, have a friend with you who maybe brings up that energy of of love, secure attachment, connection. Uh, you can speak to them as you're recording these things. Or you can actually just imagine your ideal partner and kind mm-hmm. of get into that space of, of the kind of love that you share and speak from there. Perfect. I have one more thought actually about the voice and video. Tell me your thought. Um, prompts. I'm just thinking it again from uh, the stance of attachment. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of infants and how when infants come out of the womb, they start to track visually very soon, but they actually can't see very much. Mm. So a lot of the bonding that happens with their caregivers is through sound, Mm. through voice Mm -hmm. um, and through touch. Mm -hmm. And so um, when you're sharing your voice or an an image of you, you're you're allowing that person to bond with you. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's going to really increase your chances of a deep connection. Mm. That makes so much sense. Okay, so that's a wrap on your profile. I, that we just that was a big download. Feel free to come back and like listen to this again. Take sections as is helpful for you. I know there's a lot of information, uh, but hopefully that gives you a good place to start as you're crafting or updating your profile. All right, that's all for today. Uh, you can find the show notes with links to all the resources we mentioned in this episode at relationshipcenter.com/podcast. Yes, and dear listener, if something in this episode touched you, will you please leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts? That would mean the world to us and to all the sweet humans who, like you, are hungry to build a kinder, more connected world and who we want to connect with. Until next time, we We love love you too. too. Bye! One of the uh, profile blurbs I wrote but did not share was um, a big blob of peanut butter looking for his jelly to make little sandwich babies. (laughs) Crusts on, I'm not a monster. (laughs) 